So we're going to have our reading. As they said, uh, the theme is today is that uh, we are called by name. And who better to study that with than Zacchaeus? So we've got a reading now. It's not going to be an ordinary kind of reading because we're going to get you involved as well. So there are some words that I want you to listen out for in the story. And when you hear them, there might be an action or a sound effect to do. So the first one is, when I say little, can you put your hand down to indicate a small person? When I say tax collector, can we have some booing and some hissing? Very good. These these people are used to booing. Uh, Can we have a tree? Uh, Make a tree shape. Uh, If I say money, can you rub your fingers? And if I say tea, can you mime a bit of eating? A bit of munchy munching. Okay, so we'll just run through those again. Little, tax collector, tree, money, and tea. Okay, here we go. Once there was a man called Zacchaeus. He was a very little man. And he couldn't see very much because everybody else was always taller. No one liked him because he was a tax collector. Every day he used to sit under his favorite tree, collecting money from the people. But he would force them to pay more money than they needed to, so that he could keep some for himself. Because in those days, tax collectors were not very nice people. Now one day, a huge crowd of people gathered in the street because a special person was coming to town. While Zacchaeus was counting his money under his tree, he was suddenly surrounded. He couldn't see a thing, of course, because he was too little. So he jumped up into his favorite tree. From there, he could see a man on the road. Well, everyone could see Zacchaeus sitting up in the tree. And suddenly, this man looked up at him and called out, Hey, Zacchaeus! Come down from that tree. What, me? said Zacchaeus. Yes, said the man, because I'm coming to your house for tea. Tea? said Zacchaeus. Yes, said the man, because I want to get to know you. Well, of course, that man's name was Jesus. And while he and Zacchaeus ate tea, They became good friends. And Zacchaeus realized that he shouldn't have taken all of that money from those people. I know, he said. I'll give away twice as much money as I've taken from people. Then he thought again. No, I won't. I'll give away three times as much money as I've taken away. And then he thought again. And he said, no, I'm going to give four times as much money back to all those people I've taken from. And that's exactly what he did. And from then on, Zacchaeus and Jesus were really good friends. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray for Dan, shall we? Heavenly Father, we pray for Dan that you will guide him in all truth and righteousness as he shares with us this morning. We pray that you'd open all of our hearts to hear your word, to seek your face, and to do your will. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Thank you. Oh, it's a bit ringy. Um, has anyone met, met anyone famous here? Miriam, who? Uh, who? <laughs> I thought you said someone famous. Okay. Oh, well, that's pretty famous. Anyone else? Anyone famous? Oh, gosh. Who else? Tracy? Uh, Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell. I do know him. He is famous. <laughs> Simon Reeve. I know him as well. Well, I don't know who? Princess Alexandra. Princess Alexandra. Royalty. Oh, my word. Oh, one more. Lorraine. Sorry? Cliff Richards. Now, he is pretty famous. <coughs> right. So we're carrying on this summer series of people that Jesus encountered on a journey. And as Nigel was saying last week, Jesus is unpredictable and full of surprises. Last week was the surprise encounter with the woman at the well. And today is the surprise encounter with the man up the tree, or as we all know him, Zacchaeus. Now the story of uh, the encounter of Zacchaeus and Jesus comes at the end of Jesus' long journey towards Jerusalem. The journey that began in chapter 9 of Luke's Gospel, where Jesus says he set his face towards Jerusalem. And then here in Jericho, it's the last step, the last stop really, before Jesus makes his way into Jerusalem. We know that he's going to arrive on a donkey in triumph, and then within a week, he will be dead. But immediately preceding this encounter with Zacchaeus up the tree, Jesus heals a blind man, just as he's about to go into Jericho. Now earlier in the Gospel of, of Luke, Jesus uh, had healed a bent-over woman in the synagogue after seeing her, and now he's just healed a blind person, and now he comes into Jericho. And this theme of of blindness, of being healed from blindness, uh, or, or seeing, is something that we see in this encounter with Zacchaeus again and again. So in this kind of short 10 verses of this encounter, the word see or look or seeing is mentioned about six times, just in those 10 verses. Zacchaeus was a short man and he runs ahead of the crowd and climbs a sycamore tree so that he could see Jesus. And when Jesus sees Zacchaeus up in the tree, he says to him, Zacchaeus, Hurry down, for I must stay at your house today. Zacchaeus' desire to see Jesus, and Jesus seeing him, leads to this encounter, this unlikely, this surprising encounter between Jesus, the the, uh, rabbi, the teacher, and Zacchaeus, the tax collector, the outcast, the one who shouldn't be mixing with a rabbi because he's a sinner, someone who's a con man and a defrauder of his own people. 
I wonder if you've ever been somewhere where you've wanted to be able to see what's going on, but you're too short. Now, Paul, this has never, ever happened to you, clearly, because you're way too tall. But for short people like me, it can be really frustrating. You're in a crowd with lots of people. Maybe it's been at a carnival or parade, uh, and you can't quite see because there's six rows of people in front of you, and you just wish that you could see what was happening down there where all the action is taking place. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was at the Arsenal, uh, and uh, we were watching a football match, clearly, uh, and there were a whole load of small people. Lots of children were at this uh, football match. Uh, and whenever the Arsenal were moving towards the goal, everyone started to stand up, and they're like craning to see what's happening. And all these small children could see were bums and the backs of people because they were too small. And everyone got really excited when it looked like a goal was about to, score, to be scored. How frustrating that you're so small that you can't see what's going on. Maybe some of you have had children that have been itching to see at a, at a parade or a carnival and they say, pick me up, let me see. And you hoist the child onto their shoulders so they can see what's going on and they can join in and they can uh, enjoy what's, what's, what's taking place. Well, today was a bit, in this story, was something similar. A parade was coming to Jericho. Jesus and his entourage and the people that were following him were coming into the city. Word had got round that this Jesus bloke was coming to town. And Zacchaeus had heard all the stories about Jesus meeting sinners, meeting people who were outcasts, having meals with people that he shouldn't be having meals with. He'd even got a tax collector among one of his disciples. Now for Zacchaeus, a tax collector, he wanted to know more about what was going on. What was it this Jesus guy had to offer a tax collector in order that he would give up his, his job and go follow him? I wonder if for Zacchaeus there was a sense of there's something missing in my life. There's something going on that I know that I've not got, that I'm missing, that I really want to take hold of. He'd heard these stories about the, uh, the miracles that Jesus had performed. People who had been healed. Demons that had been exercised from people. He'd heard about the amazing teaching that had gone on. And he's wondering, has this man really got something that could change my life? There's, there's, there's something that's missing that he could give me. And so he's on the run to try and find this Jesus, to see him to see what he looks like, to see what he's saying and doing in his hometown here in Jericho. And so he rushes ahead. But all of these people are so tall that he can't see over them. So he climbs up a tree in order to be able to get a glimpse of this man he's heard so much about. Could he really have something that I would like? Something that would make a difference? Something that would plug a gap in my life? But he knows that he's an outcast. He's ostracised by his people because he's been conning them out of money for years and years. No one wants to mix with him. No one wants to invite him to tea. They push him to the edge and exclude him because they just can't bear to be near him. And so Zacchaeus makes his way to this big tree, climbs his way up, sitting on the branch, looking out, eager to catch a glimpse of this Jesus. He's desperate. 
He's willing to do anything just to see this man that he's heard so much about. And then, then the unexpected happens. Before, G- before Zacchaeus could even see Jesus coming, before he could get Jesus' attention, Jesus looks up into the tree and sees him. And he invites himself to the tax collector's house. Imagine, this is a rabbi. What's he doing wanting to come to my house? I'm a con man. I'm a sinner. I'm an outcast. No one wants to mix with me. And he's saying he's going to come to my house for tea? Zacchaeus jumps down from the tree. He legs it home to his wife and he says, quick, quick, get a meal ready. The rabbi, Jesus, is coming to tea. And all his friends. I bet she was well chuffed. (coughs) (laughs) Hurry, we've got company. We've got special company coming for tea today. And Jesus showed up at the house of Zacchaeus. They enjoyed a delicious meal. They engaged in conversation. But again, there were the same people making the same comments. What's this Jesus doing mixing with sinners? What's this rabbi doing going to the house of a known sinner? But Jesus wasn't bothered about what they said. He wasn't bothered about what people thought of his reputation. He had seen Zacchaeus, someone who was hated by his fellow Jews. But what was it that Jesus saw? How did he see Zacchaeus? Did he see a wealthy, treasonous tax collector? Did he see someone so far removed from the love and mercy of God? Did he see a sinner, an outcast, someone not to be mixed with or uh, eating a meal with? Doesn't appear so, does it? It looks like Jesus saw Zacchaeus as one for whom God had a special and saving concern. To those who have been with Jesus throughout his long journey to Jerusalem, that should have been no surprise. But it was. It's too much to imagine that Jesus could be concerned about one as broken and as despised as Zacchaeus. Jesus saw Zacchaeus not as the world saw him, as a loser, a con man, an outcast. Jesus saw Zacchaeus for what he was in God's eyes. Jesus saw Zacchaeus as a child of Abraham, a child of God, a sinner in need of mercy and forgiveness. Jesus saw Zacchaeus as the primary object of God's healing love. Jesus saw Zacchaeus as a man worth dying for, as we know that he was soon to do 
in Jerusalem less than a week later. That's what Jesus saw when he saw Zacchaeus. I wonder if there are any of you here that feel like you're too small, too insignificant, unnoticed, too much of a sinner, unlovable, beyond the pale. Or maybe you feel like that. You feel that God couldn't possibly see me. God couldn't possibly love me knowing X and Y or that I've done A and B or I've said whatever it happens to be. I don't think that's how Jesus sees any one of you here this morning. I think it's just like the way he saw Zacchaeus. He didn't see the sin and the rubbish and the need. He saw a child that was made in the image of God, that was loved by God, that needed to be saved and redeemed and restored and healed. And when Jesus looks at each one of us here, that's what he sees. A child that is worth dying for. A child that's worth saving. A child that's worth healing and restoring to be all that he created you to be. Jesus knew he was about to enter Jerusalem. And there he would complete his purpose unlike any before or since. In Jerusalem, Jesus will go willingly to a cross and die a horrible, painful death. But from that cross, he will save the world. And from that cross, God's searching, seeking love moves outward to all of creation. From the cross, Jesus will go to a grave and from that grave, he will rise to new, abundant, glorious, eternal life. And in the cross and resurrection, Jesus seeks and Jesus sees you and Jesus saves you and he calls you his child forever. The one who first saw a man in a tree now sees you from a tree. Jesus sees you, each and every one of you. He knows all there is to know about you and he calls you by name and he says, you are my child. I see you. I know you. I love you. I've saved you. Today, salvation has come to your home. That's what Jesus' words to Zacchaeus were when he called him out of the tree. The same words he says to each one of us here this morning. Today, salvation has come to you. That's what happens when Jesus sees Zacchaeus, when Jesus sees you, and when Jesus sees me. There is salvation. Even when Jesus was a little baby, do you remember at the beginning of Luke's Gospel in Luke 1? The old man Simeon, who was working in the temple and had been there for years, waiting for a glimpse of the Messiah. When he takes 
the baby Jesus in his hands, in his feeble old arms, he proclaims with tears of joy streaming down his face, I have seen my salvation. And with that lifelong wish fulfilled, Simeon was ready to die in peace. Jesus, salvation, wholeness, healing, peace, forgiveness, eternal life, all of that given to Simeon, given to Zacchaeus, given to you when Jesus sees you. He calls you by name because he knows all there is to know about you. None of you are too small. None of you are too unlovable. None of you are too insignificant. And when Jesus sees you, when he sees me, the same thing happens as happened to Zacchaeus. The one who was a sinner is declared a child of God, a child of Abraham, as it says in the text. We're declared by God in Christ to be free and forgiven. And Jesus invites himself to not only visit, but to dwell with us. And so we're named children of God. And it's all by grace. Sheer wonderful grace. It's completely by God's choice. It's completely initiated by God that Jesus sees you and he loves you and he saves you and he restores you and he heals you. Do you know the truth? Have you experienced that sense of being seen by Jesus? being forgiven by the king who died on the cross, being restored by his love and his grace. We see in the rest of the story that Zacchaeus goes on to respond to that invitation (laughs) uh, to change his life. He meets Jesus, his encounter transforms him to such an extent that he wants to pay back all the people he's ever conned. Uh, and uh, Jewish law required that he only had to give back 20%, uh, uh, to give back and 20% interest on what he had taken. But we hear that he gave four times as much. That's 400%. That was the response in having his life transformed because of an encounter with Jesus, because he was seen and noticed and loved. This morning, do you know that you have been seen by Jesus? That he sees you, he knows you, he loves you, he died for you, that you're forgiven. Maybe there are some of you here this morning that just aren't quite sure about that, that aren't really convinced. And if that's you, uh, a bit later on, there's going to be some singing and I'm going to be loitering at the back. And if you'd like me to pray with you, I'd love to just pray with you so that you would know that Jesus sees you and you can experience his love. Now, uh, I forgot how to end my sermon. (laughs) So I'm going to invite Anita to come up because she fortunately has prepared uh, a response completely unbeknownst to me, which is really excellent. So over to you. (laughs) Okay. 
Uh, under some of the seats on the front rows here and uh, over there in the balcony on the shelf at the side, uh, there are some little cards and they say, I have called you by name, you are mine. That's from Isaiah 43, verse 1. Um, if you'd like to pass them along, if anybody wants to take one of those, there are some pens as well. And during the song that we're going to sing now, um, you're invited to stay seated for the song if you'd like to. And you might like to write your name on the card. You can write it just in an ordinary way. You can write it in a, a, a beautiful way if you want to. Uh, a way that will make you think about how precious you are to God and how he has called you by name. Uh, makes a huge difference when we know people's names, doesn't it? Sorry for those who we haven't learned yet. Um, it's a crucial thing that you are known by name. So you might want to write on that um, and let's hold it and reflect on it as, as we sing, as you sing with us. Um, and take it home maybe and just continue to reflect on it in the coming days. So I'll invite the band up, and we're going to sing again.